So it just so happens that this episode, even though it was recorded a week or so ago, is coming out on Suicide Prevention Week. And it just so happens that in this episode, I share some of my family's recent experiences with suicide. So I want to let you know that if you are struggling or have ever struggled with thoughts of suicide or self-harm, there are resources to help you. There is a crisis text line. There is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Just dial 1-800-273-8255 or you can visit them at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Just letting you know, also as a disclaimer, that our programs, podcasts, blogs, websites, social media, and content are furnished as informational resources only and are not a substitute for the knowledge, skill, and judgment of qualified psychiatrists, psychologists, physicians, and healthcare professionals. The content does not constitute medical or legal advice and it is not intended to be relied upon to cure, diagnose, or treat any mental or physical health condition. We are not responsible for any errors or omissions contained in any disseminated information and are not liable for any loss incurred as a result of using the information in any way. The intent is merely to provide useful information, products, and services as described. Although the content is provided in good faith with our best professional efforts, skill, and care, we do not guarantee the accuracy, reliability, adequacy, or completeness of this information. So with that being said, I want you to know that if you have ever had any sort of mental health issue or mental issues, depression, anxiety, or suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideation, please, please, please get help. You are massively loved. You have a purpose which is why you are here and your life and every person who is blessed to come into contact with you is touched by the ripple effect that you have in this world. You matter and you are loved. Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys, and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello and welcome back to The Princess and the Bee. As always, let us take a hot second and just give a moment of gratitude for ourselves because you have chosen to invest your listening pleasure in something that will grow and expand you. And that is freaking powerful. So let's take a hot second, dial it in and celebrate ourselves. One of my favorite things to do. It's one of the top things my clients learn from me is to celebrate yourself because especially as high achievers, we can so focus on always the doing more and keeping on going for more. But taking that moment to celebrate, it trains our brains that 
we want to keep striving because if you don't celebrate your successes and the small wins throughout the day, what's going to make you celebrating the big wins any different? So thank you all for being here. All right, we are diving into part two of the 32 less lesson 32 lessons <laughs> the 32 lessons that I have learned from 32 years on this planet. I hope you found massive value in part 1. We will definitely be linking to part 1 in the comments um in not in the comments in the description. <laughs> I'm so used to posting on social that I'm like, oh, it's in the comments. No, it's in the description. Um, And today we are diving into it. Like, let's just get in like we do with a bold act of courage and moving forward with boundless strides. Number 11, you are made for more than just existing. Because you're alive, you still have massive purpose on this planet. This one was a big one that really hit home um, this past year, um, in November of last year, my uncle committed suicide and it's not something that my family really likes to talk about, um, specifically because of, because it was suicide. And I do think that there is a lot of shame about that. Um, that being said, it did spin my dad, who was his brother, into a massive depression. And it got my dad actually contemplating suicide this past summer, which was why he was hospitalized and uh, was sent to rehab, which I'm very, very happy that he he went because in the past, he would have masked his feelings and his experience of his brother's death with alcohol or drugs or anything. So he didn't go to rehab to necessarily to to detox off of drugs. He went in order to free himself and learn some new strategies, learn new coping mechanisms, learn tools that he had previously his his past tool, his past resource had been turning to alcohol and drugs and he didn't have those tools um of mindset, of forward focus, of journaling, of really anything, of support. And so I'm really happy that he went into rehab for that. Um, That being said, it really made me take a step back and assess our purpose for being alive. Like we don't know when our time is, no matter how old or how young we, we are. It could be at any time. So it comes down to savoring the day and also living into your purpose on a daily basis. And not many people do. A lot of times it's very easy to get caught up into a cycle of habit, of just muddling through the day, of stumbling through it and complaining about it and all those things that I believe are just kind of existing where you're just you're there I believe that because you still wake up with breath in your body that you have a purpose and every experience can be purposeful to guide you toward a greater purpose every experience can move you forward into greater purpose and greater compassion and greater love and greater connection with humans so How are you living each day purposefully? 
Number 12, information is bullshit without action and application. I work with a lot of people who are super, super smart, who are high achievers, and who are also, if you're familiar with the bank code personality test. So you can, if, you, if you're not familiar with the bank code personality test, then definitely click the link in the description that will lead you to the bank code personality test. It's my www.mybankcode.com forward slash Spencer, because when you take that test, you will see where you land and it this next part of this piece will make a lot more sense to you. Um, but I work with a, peop- with a lot of people who have knowledge as their first or second card. And that means that they are very, very skilled at researching, at gathering information, and at their their values are self-mastery and continuous learning. Though the thing is, is that if I've, having worked with a lot of high knowledge people, and it's not to say that people who don't have that value as their as their first or second card are not smart. They are. It's just it's it's a way of making buying decisions. And so with the knowledges, they need to buy into as much information as possible before they make their in, their decisions. What this can do is this can cause the action step, the decision, the movement forward to be slowed, for lack of a better word, um, because they are constantly seeking more information, but not necessarily taking action. So I obviously, I attract a lot of these clients because I am also a high knowledge and I am married to someone who is a high knowledge as well, um, who's got that as his as his second card. Um, I have it as my third, but there is a more advanced test that is longer than 90 seconds long, that, which is the one that I sent you to on the, the website. It's literally will take you 90 seconds. There's a longer version of the test that will ranks it in the form of points. And my points are literally one point away between action, which is my first value card, which really values freedom and entrepreneurship, like and taking action and speed and implementation and just go, go, go. Um, My second value card is nurture. So I really value personal growth, relationships. Um, I believe relationships are our greatest currency and our greatest, um, one of my greatest values. I think everything in our life is a relationship. And then I have my knowledge card, which is the the third one, but it's also on the point system. It's one away from the others. So I'm, I'm high in all of those three. And what I found is that, and I got stuck in this too, it's in that analysis paralysis, right? So let me give you an example. This podcast was an idea that I had two years ago. I had the title. I didn't know how to do a podcast. I definitely had the equipment. I'm married to a voice actor. (laughs) Like I had the sound booth. I had the microphone. I had all the things. Um, I Googled and researched how to do a podcast. I looked into other people's podcasts. I looked into all of that. Um, And I researched and I created spreadsheets with all the podcast episodes that I would do and the release schedules and all that. The problem was is that I didn't release any of them. I didn't have, I I didn't sit my butt down and do my genius work because I was scared to do it and record. I constantly doubted myself with, oh, well, what if 
What if nobody cares what I have to say? What if what if this isn't worth it? What if I invest all this time and effort into it and money as well because I'm paying my team to upload and do the descriptions and all that? What if I invest in in that time and money and it doesn't pay a return? Like what's the purpose? What's the point? And I doubted myself. I doubted myself to the point where I just constantly kept on researching and keeping it on the peripheral, but never actually taking action. And it wasn't until this year in February when I just was like this past year, action has been my non-negotiable, where if it's something that scares me, if it's something that I I am terrified about, I lean into it and I do it because information is bullshit without action and application. Like think of how much information you've gathered over the years, but haven't actually put it into application. What this does is it can create um, what I forget who wrote the book. It's a book called Getting Things Done. And if you have all this information of all these things that you would like to create, all the would likes of your life, but they're not quite must, they're not quite like, I have to get this out there. Like, if I do not get this out there, then like, my world will crumble. Like it's, it's, it's that hunger. It's that passion. It's that, it's that necessity. And if you don't have, if you don't have the necessity, if your necessity level is at a would like level of like, I would like to get this project done. I would like to do this. Would like is great. But after a while, those would likes, those leave what, um, in the book, the author, uh, in the book, getting things done, the author describes unconscious or subconscious open loops. So you have these open loops of things that you want to do that are all still churning in your brain. And it's kind of like your RAM space of your brain is getting a little overcrowded. And eventually it starts to filter and those things that are necessary to get done, those things that like really, you really would like to get done. And those things that are really in alignment with with where you want to go and what you want to create and with your purpose to circle back to 11. Those things will start to rise and they will start to niggle and nag at you like crazy. And that's when it like that's when for me, I got to the point where I was getting enough information from people around me of, of people. I saw people launching successful podcasts and having successful podcasts and growing their businesses rapidly with podcasts. And I was still like, if I continue to sit on my ass about my podcast, then it's it's going to niggle and nag at my soul and my desire and my business will suffer. And I just, the ripple effect of that happening wasn't, was not even something that I was available for. So I just started. And within six weeks, I had a podcast and it's up and we're up to about 50 episodes. I think this is our, our, our 50th or 51st. Um, woohoo! So it's, it's, and it's been a process, but it's because I took action on that inflammation, on that, on that, on that inflammation, on that, that, information. But I guess you could say that all the open loops kind of create inflammation overload, which leads to overwhelm and and burnout because you have all these projects that you would like to create, but there's none of them are in an actual priority list that are get to, to where you, it's a necessity where you have to get it done. So there you go. <laughs> information with without action is basically inflammation of the brain. Um in a metaphorical sense, of course. Number 13, no external thing will ever, ever 
validate you or your ideas or your business if you are not active, uh, actively validating and backing yourself first. This comes down to perception is projection. Our external world will always, always reflect our inner reality. If you want to be respected, then look at where in your life you are not demanding respect, where in your life you are not respecting yourself by owning your own boundaries. If you want to be loved, if you want to be supported more, then where in your life are you not asking for the support that you need? So it goes back to the episode number one. So perception is projection. So our inner world, the beliefs that we have will constantly be reflected in our outer world. So if you have the belief that you need to be validated before you take action, before you grow your business, before you operate on that idea, then you're constantly going to be seeking outside validation for it, but you're not going to recognize it. And people like, and even if you get high praise for your ideas, you're not going to recognize it because you don't re- actively recognize it within yourself first. It's kind of like the example that I give in my book, Mindful Meals, which is coming out this year. It again is one of those niggling open loops that is now at the point where my podcast was in February, where it's just a non-negotiable. But it's like the example I give in Mindful Meals, where if you are walking down the street and you are constantly feeling like you are ugly and not like you're not pretty and you feel gross about yourself and you don't really love yourself and you don't think you look that good in that outfit and you're constantly judging yourself, if someone, no matter how many people say, oh my God, you look so cute. Oh my God, you look so cute. You will constantly say, oh no, no, I don't. Or you're like, defer the comment because you do not receive it, because you do not actively see it inside of yourself first. You have to see it within yourself in order to see it outside of yourself. And then you have to be courageous and back yourself for the things that you want and desire in this world. One of the amazing speakers at EmpowerCon that I was blessed to speak at at the LA Convention Center um, two weeks ago was Michael Uslan, who was the executive producer of all the Batman series from Michael Keaton and beyond into, you know, one of my favorite movies of which is a superhero movie, which is Batman, The Dark Knight, a fantastic study into human, the human psyche and humanity. Um, And he always had the idea and he knew within his gut and his soul that he wanted to produce a darker, more realistic version of a superhero comic book because he hated that. He hated Batman from the 1960s, which was filled with all the pows and bams and things like that. And he explained that he kept, he had to back himself for 10 years and his idea. He had to back himself and the belief that this idea was a valid, strong idea after getting turned down by every studio executive, every studio executive and producer for 10 years years. Now that is tenacity and resilience. That is saying, I know that this idea is brilliant. I know that this idea works. I trust in my gut that this is exactly what I was called to do. And now he speaks 
all over the world about how he successfully brought Batman and the movies just speak for themselves. Um, it They're phenomenal. But that's because he backed himself first and he didn't need external validation, especially. And this is what can happen. Imagine if he was constantly seeking external validation for his idea. How quickly would he have dropped it? How quickly would he, like, if you were getting rejected by every single studio, by every single major, major studio and label and producer in Hollywood, you probably would last about two at best. If you're really freaking resilient, maybe three to five. Not 10 years of work, of trust, of internal validation. So know that you have to validate your ideas first within yourself, knowing that your ideas are freaking good. That was what I had to do with Crown Yourself. I had to validate within myself that people I could be sparkly and silly and wear a freaking crown and people would still take me seriously as a high performance coach. Now, does everybody? No, but those aren't my people and that's okay. They are somebody else's people and that is fine. They can go to their kingdom. My kingdom, you can wear a crown. You can be silly. You can be sparkly. You can be serious. You can be all the things that you desire to be and rock at them all. My kingdom believes in the power of yes and. Yes, you can be enough and you can keep growing, just like in part one of these 32 lessons. Which brings me to number 14, look within or go without. It very much is like number 13, where you have to look within. Look within yourself for your own self-worth. Look within yourself to believe in yourself. Nobody will believe in you if you do not believe in yourself. Like you may get people who believe in you. You may get people who will believe in you. But you will not recognize it if you do not see it first within yourself. Because your perception, because you don't believe in yourself, will be that nobody will believe in you because you don't believe in yourself. So it again goes back to that perception as projection. Look within or go without. Always check in with yourself. How can you back yourself more? How can you have more courage? How can you trust yourself? And by trusting yourself, I don't mean just yourself as like your human fleshly fleshly form. I mean trusting your soul on a soul level that is connected to source, that is connected to higher consciousness, God, whatever you want to call the, the greater energy that connects us all. Trust in that. The laws of the universe. The universe has got your back. You just got to look within first. Number 15, stop asking yourself what's missing and instead start asking, what am I finding? This goes into your language. How you speak to yourself is a command to consciousness. So your conscious mind is the goal setter. Your unconscious mind is the goal getter. So if you're asking yourself what's missing, your unconscious mind will be sent on a merry little trail to find what's missing. The problem is it's is it's going to be looking for missing, 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 missing instead of finding the solution. So again, it goes it 
how you speak to yourself, how you speak to others, how you speak in general commands your consciousness. Instead of asking what's the problem, if you ask yourself what's the problem, what am I missing, you will always be running into problems and things that you're missing. Whereas, what if you are whole 100% as you are now, perfect and holy, and you are constantly finding ways to grow and expand, and you are finding solutions. Instead of asking yourself, what's the problem? Ask yourself, what's the solution? What's the learning lesson? How can I grow from this? How is this challenging me into being a better person? Instead of asking yourself what's missing, ask yourself, what am I finding? What lessons am I finding? What new connections am I finding because of this this challenge that I'm going through? What new depth of understanding of myself am I finding? Maybe you're finding your own strength. Maybe you're finding how brave you actually are. Maybe you're finding more greater clarity as to what you want to do or who you want to have in your world. When I was uh, first started coaching with Crown Yourself and doing the 20-minute discovery calls that everybody else uh, and their mother, <laughs> who is a coach, does to start, um, I was like, I constantly asked myself the question, what am I missing? Because I was not booking clients from them. I was getting people who would flake on the calls. I would get people who would reschedule last minute. I would get people who would just constantly trample on my boundaries. And I had a conversation with my coach who said, Kim, you're a Virgo. <laughs> you could find a speck of dust on a freshly cleaned white carpet. Why don't you instead look for the solution instead of looking, look for the light and the solution instead of looking around in the darkness for more darkness? And it was that metaphor that suddenly made me hit on the fact that, oh, when I started focusing on my solution, when I started focusing on what's worked in the past for me and other businesses, especially my Pilates business, what I found was my unique success strategy is not offering free calls. Now, while I do my free 22-minute espresso chats, those are not sales conversations. Those are just conversations because I like to get to know my community. I like to get to know every single person who's who's listening to the podcast or blessing me with their presence on, on Instagram or showing up. Um, in my Crown Yourself community or subscribe to something on my email list. I love getting to know you. So I'm not coaching you on that or I'm not trying to sell you on anything in those conversations. I'm just, I just genuinely love human to human connection. In my, what I realized though was my Pilates business, why my Pilates business was successful and why I was always able to have a very high conversion rate was because I started out with doing a intro session, in initial session, where 
my clients would get a taste of what Pilates is. They'd get to experience the machine. They'd get to feel all the little tiny muscles and changes in their body. They would get to have all these, they would get to experience and test drive the car in essence to see if it was something that worked for them. So when I started focusing on what am I finding, what am I finding, what is the solution, what I found was, oh, free coaching sessions or a free initial call or consult doesn't work for me. How often, like, how often do you value something that's free? Very rarely. Like, we all get free gift bags from, like, events and things that we go to, and how often do we really go through them? Like, we may go through them and find, like, if it's a really good gift bag, uh, <laughs> and we may give some of that stuff to our friends or our family members or re-gift it for Christmas, like I do, um, but we don't really value it. There's no value in free. There is a value. There is an exchange of energy to some degree. Like, it has, your exchange of energy has to match each other. So I started instead doing a an initial paid consult that is 90 minutes where they get to experience, my clients get to experience what coaching will do for them, how coaching can shift your perspective, how coaching can help gain you a direction, new strategies, and a plan to act upon. And then I if I feel like the relationship is aligned, if I feel like they would be a good fit for a uh, a full coaching package, I recommend the package that I think would be best for them. And that's just how I, that's just how I work. And that has brought me so much more success and clients than trying to fit in and do it like everybody else. And it also came because I was searching for the solution. I was asking myself, what am I finding? What am I finding with my past patterns that has worked for me? What am I, fi- instead of asking, what am I missing? How, how could I, like all the stories that I was telling myself of like, why do I keep attracting these like people who flake on free calls? And I was like, well, you don't value it. So just know that when you start asking yourself the right questions, your life will be guided by those questions. And your results will be guided by those questions. So I would recommend start asking yourself better questions. And I do have a few spaces this month for 90-minute consults. So if that is something that sounds appealing to you, if you would like to test drive what coaching is and really experience what high-performance coaching can do for you, then I invite you to jump in on one of my 90-minute consult calls. And you will be directed once you purchase your consult call, you will be directed to a very extensive application. And on that application, we dive into it all from every pillar of high performance, from your influence to your clarity, to your energy, your acts, your daily acts of courage that drastically affect your productivity and what you what and how to shift you into alignment with your purpose and make sure that you're operating from that place that is your genius zone and move you forward from there so if you would like if that sounds appealing for you if that's something that you would love to do then just click the link below in the description marie will leave that in the description for you so that i look forward to seeing you on a 90 minute call number 16 consistency is mother effing spiritual The laws of the universe are consistent. Humans are consistent, but not necessarily in in alignment with the laws of the universe. Consistency is spiritual, which goes with number three, uh, sporadic is not scalable, is that 
Consistency, when you are consistent in the right things, when you are consistent in aligning yourself with the laws of the universe, my goodness, you are going to take off. You are just going to see such massive shifts in your in how you perceive the world, in what you are available for, and in what you are doing. Now, we are all consistent to some level. Uh, there were some massive breakthroughs on a, the recent training that I did inside the Crown Yourself Coaching Group, which was on the six pillars of building your freedom-based biz, which was uh, one of my conversion events for the Princess Process, and which you can get on the wait list for that if you missed out on that opportunity to sign up. Um, but one of the big things that was one of the breakthroughs, because one of the pillars is systems, is that we all have systems that are currently working in our lives. Like we are currently operating 95 to 97% off of systems, um, unconscious programming, i.e. symptom, uh, not symptoms, systems that are functioning in the background of our life. Now, the question to you is, is are those systems in alignment with the laws of the universe? Are those systems in serving you and supporting you in your growth and enhancement of who you are and of who you want to be and of getting all the things that you want to have, do, and become in this world? Or are those systems filled with beliefs of doubt, of lack, of scarcity, of fear that are preventing you from that next level of becoming that version that has, does, and is everything that you desire. The laws of the universe are consistent. We are consistent in our behaviors, but not necessarily consistent by acting and operating in alignment with the laws of the universe. When we are that is when it becomes mother effing spiritual. Number 17. As I sip my venti americano. Mompreneurship, which is very appropriate for this one. Mompreneurship is personal development and business mastery on steroids. Holy hell is it ever. Because let me tell you, for if you're a mom, you already know this. If you're a mom who owns a business, you definitely know this. There has been nothing, nothing. I have owned three businesses and there has been nothing that has grown me more than being a business owner and being a mother at the same time. <laughs> like, first of all, with business ownership, with entrepreneurship, you are the leader and you are the chief energy officer, as my mentor, Tirza Shirai, who I interviewed on um, episode 30 of this podcast. She is the founder of Blink Bar. She grew her company in a few short years from zero to 30 million. Um, and she's a freaking rock star. And there is nothing that will grow you faster than entrepreneurship. It is it is personal development on steroids because your productivity, especially when you're solopreneuring it, especially when it's only you who you have to be accountable for. That is when all your limiting beliefs, all the past programming, all the conditioning, all the shit that we that in in other areas of life that you didn't really care that much about when you are operating in a business that you are so excited that you are putting your your all into suddenly that's when your productivity, your courage, the acts of courage that you do every day, the clarity, the leadership skills that you have, all of that comes into play as an entrepreneur. And that is personal development on steroids. Combine that with being a mom, 
where every day you have in front of you a reflection of how you operate in the world. Declan is a reflection of my unconscious programming and he is a mirror for all the things, all the things that some that I love about myself and all the things that I am not the biggest fan of. So for example, I love his joy. His joy and his compassion has taught me so much. And I see that he gets like some of that I do think he comes by naturally. And he just naturally connects with other people and wants to bring them joy. And that is something that I have practiced and leaned into on a regular basis over the past four, three, four years, where it is my goal that if you come into contact with me, if I am blessed to meet you on the street, highest magnificence to highest magnificence, queen to king, queen to queen, that I see you and I smile and that I am able to bring some joy, some levity, some some kindness to your day. That's why um, Tyler over at the Starbucks that I go to, yes, we're on a first name basis now. Um, <laughs> he, he is, he saw me and he's like, I love your energy. Thank you for coming in and being so joyful. And, I, and I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this to encourage you that you don't know what somebody else is going through throughout their day. And you don't know how they have been treated necessarily throughout their day. And so if you can operate from a place of kindness and love and respect and compassion and and ownership as well, like if they're acting like an asshole, I highly recommend encouraging them to own that behavior. Um, at the same time, if, if you're in that role where you're able to do so, at the same time, approaching it from a place of kindness and compassion and empathy. And I see that reflected in my son. He brings so much joy to people and so much freedom. And and that is something that I have worked on incredibly hard to be able to do myself. At the same time, I have seen him exhibit feelings of shame when he is, uh, when he is disciplined, when he does something that is that is inappropriate or that is challenging me and when I challenge him back or when he feels like he hurt me especially if he feels like he hurt me like one time he rolled over and whacked me with his giant bowling ball of his of his head and it really like I was pretty darn sure my nose might have been broken (laughs) it was not thank god but it was it was quite hard and I let out the biggest f-bomb on the planet and just like felt such shame about it afterwards that I literally I just was like I I was beating myself up for my reaction and da 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 and I saw how he mirrored that I saw how he mirrored my shame I saw how he was being physically hard on himself because he didn't have the words to be emotionally hard on himself for or verbally hard on himself And it was in that moment where I realized that I need to shift my own reactions. I need to shift my own relationship with shame. I need to shift my own stuff that I have going on because I literally have a mirror of how I operate and a mirror of how Spike operates on a daily basis living with me. And that mirror combined with the mirror of my business's results 
as to how I'm leading as the leader of the of my business of Crown Yourself Enterprises LLC. Um, like that is both of those are are key. Like just this past week, I asked my team, um, what what can I improve on? And they said communication. And I'm like, wow, that's been the one thing that I have always stressed out, stressed, not stressed out, but stressed on with my team of like, oh, yes, communication is very key. Da, 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 da. And I realized that I was being operating from a place of incongruence and I wasn't communicating as fast or didn't have certain hours open. So we set up a communication schedule so that I could be able to communicate with them on a more regular basis. Like not that I'm not communicating with them on a regular basis, but just that I was, I would be able, we would have a certain sort of schedule that would allow us to communicate better and be more efficient. But I didn't realize that I was dropping the ball on that, but secretly I did. Like I knew I was dropping the ball. Like I didn't realize it. I didn't want to realize it. Let me frame it like that. I didn't want to realize that I was dropping the ball on that. But as a leader, I have to face my own shit. And so do you, especially if you own a business. And so you have to face your own results. And my results were I wasn't liking that my team was not communicating. And it was because I was not setting the example as the leader to have have much more communication, much more often with greater speed of response. Total ownership moment. Number 18, candor is the only way to prevent the ego's ability to be a chameleon for other people's perspectives and limitations. So this is a big one because candor is not just what you say. It's also what you withhold, what you would like to withhold. Let me frame it like that. But you don't. So, for example, I was working with a client who was struggling with her husband. Excuse me while I blow my nose. Um, she was struggling with her, her relationship with her husband. She was not liking the fact that he was he was smoking. Um, she was very much against that. And she was struggling in that in that space. And we had to have a very candid conversation. She didn't really like the fact that I called her on it. Um, where it came down to the things that she was hiding from her husband because perception is projection, right? And so she had to be candid with him on how she was hiding certain things, not like major things, but her dreams and goals, her big dreams and goals because for fear of his judgment. Candor is the only way to prevent the ego's ability to be a chameleon for other people's perspectives, limitations, and limitations. So other people, the people-pleasing aspect that a lot of us can get sucked into, that desire to please, that disease to please, as Oprah calls it, is, is easily represented in the fact that many of us say yes to many things that we know that we shouldn't be saying yes to because we want to be polite or we want to be friendly or we want to be kind or we want to do something that's going out of our way even though it puts us at a massive disservice to our genius zone we still say yes to it and I learned that saying no and being candid about those reasons and about those priorities and about the boundaries that I have around my time that I value massively and around what I do on a daily basis and the time that I spend with my son and my priorities like that I I realized I had to step into my place of being candid with 
my desires, my dreams, being unapologetic about what I'm going for with what I'm how big I'm building crown yourself and what we're doing with with moving forward and also being candid with you know ourselves as well and being candid about recognizing where we had our failings and our breakdowns like I had to have a candid conversation with my future self about the the big learning lesson that I learned from my last launch which was a flop and totally fine I learned a ton and so I'm really happy about that and I had to have a candid conversation with my future self because me and my future self meet quite often um about what I did that caused that breakdown to where it didn't, it wasn't working. And that's okay. Number 19, helping others rise will help you rise faster, farther, and beyond your wildest dreams. This is the law of karma in action. So I love this one. This one has been one that I have been practicing for the past six months because I stepped into my genius zone of connection. One of the benefits of working with me as your coach is that you are in my energy awareness attention so that I have you on my mind a lot more frequently than I have other people in my kingdom. So when you work with me privately or if you're a member of the princess process, I I have an awareness of you if you're consistently showing up in my space, right? And so if I'm coaching you, I have a clear idea of where you want to go, what you want to build, and who would be best to connect you with. And so thus, when I meet people, when I'm out and about, and because I have the belief that I everywhere I go, I can have opportunities to make money. Everywhere I go, I meet someone who can be of mass, who I can either be of massive value to or who could be of massive value to support me um, or my clients. And I, that just because I operate from that belief, I meet amazing people regularly, which is really fun. Um, And because of that, I also, because I meet amazing people regularly, I connect the ones who would be really good with my clients with my clients. And that's just because they're working with me. And so uh, I see them on a more regular basis and we're connecting on a really deep level. So I help them to rise faster and farther. Like one of my clients, I just got her her first coaching client. Yes. And yes, she's a coach. Yes, I'm a coach. That coaching client was not a fit for me. And I was like, hey, this coach, this this client would be a much better fit for you because of your experience, your background, your history, and all the things. And so I referred her. Like, that's just one of the things. And it's, I do it without expectation. So here's the thing that many people can get tripped up on on this one is, oh, you did this for me. So now I should, now you should do, now, oh, I did this for you. Now you should return the favor. No, 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 no. Karma does not work that way. Karma works in trusting that the universe is going to return the favor, not the other person who you did the favor for. The universe, it may come in the form of the other person who you did the favor for, but it may not. It may come in the form of somebody from long ago said, hey, you know, so-and-so's got this amazing business. I think you'd be a fantastic coach for that person uh, to help them with their high performance as a leader and a business owner. Okay, cool. Yes. 
it, it can come in many different ways. It's not coming, you, you do not give and help others to rise with the expectation that they're going to help you in return. It's giving without expectation, with just the knowledge and the trust that of course it's going to be returned because that's a law of the universe and that's a consistent law because the universe is consistent. So this brings us to number 20, which was one that definitely inside the Crown Yourself Free, free group for my community of empire builders, this one was the one that brought up some questions and wanted some more clarity. So um, I think Jessica was the one who needed some more clarity on this one. So this one's for you. A queen is not affected by the energy of her subjects. This is one that I have struggled with in the past. And it is still a work in progress. But so the energy of her subjects, I don't mean that in a condescending way. I mean that in the way that we are all queens of our own lives. And thus, anybody that has the pleasure and the privilege of coming into contact with us is a part of our kingdom or a subject in essence. That does not mean that they are below you or beneath you because they are their own queen. They, You are meeting them queen to queen um, or king, queen to king or king to king, whichever. Um, but what I mean is that a lot of times, especially for us empathetic people, as for the, those of you who, like me, are very highly in tune with energy, having the correct energetic boundaries with other people is something that is a necessity. And a queen, like think of how a queen operates. If a queen automatically just like crumbled when somebody with negative energy came around her she would be like she she would her reign would be done like she would be done but if you think of a queen where somebody with a negative energy or an, uh, some sort of issue has a problem a queen solves the problem and then moves on about her day it's it's not about it's not about um, adopting or absorbing or experiencing the energy of the other person. And I, I believe me, I've had this because I've been around people who, in, in my opinion, were energetic vampires. And it is, it is tapping into your ownership of your own energy and your own understanding of your highest magnificence and that you will not be tainted or brought down to the level of one of your subjects. Meaning, even even though that one of your subjects, it's just it's a metaphor for your energy as the queen is queen. And so it is up to you to step into that and own your energy and also own how you will allow yourself to be treated. So a queen is not affected by the energy of her subjects. Like if people are not treating you appropriately, then send them out of your mother effing kingdom. If people are not, if, if your team is not communicating or working appropriately, then you know that you are going to hire a, a far better team next time because you will not tolerate being treated that way. I spoke about this in the podcast episode um, in part one of this of uh, the energy of blame. So for me, in my perception, a queen or a king 
owns their energy and owns their actions and the results that thus ensued. And so when I had that experience of having a very, very close friend not own her shit, that was when I had my energy as queen was like, well, I'm not going to be brought down by this. I just am making a choice to respond by not spending as much time with you. And that's okay. That's okay. But I make the choice from a place of ownership of the queenly ship. And I'm not saying I do this all the time. I'm very not perfect at this one. Um, Fully admit it. That's why it is a work in progress. But the queen's energy, the queen, the queen's energy is one of ownership and leadership. And you cannot lead if you are constantly falling into the energy of the followers and the doubters and the blamers and the complainers. You cannot lead. You would then become a follower. It is up to you to hold the standard of the energy that you will allow and tolerate within your world. For me, um, one of the one of my favorite quotes from Tony Robbins is that you get what you tolerate and you absolutely do. If you tolerate somebody treating you like crap, somebody trampling on your boundaries, then that is a sign that you are not respecting yourself as the queen of your own life. And you are allowing yourself to stoop into the energy of being a subject. Versus somebody treats you poorly, somebody tramples on your boundaries, and you say, okay, that's one. That's what I say to my son where he challenges me and he's in the age where he challenges and that's totally fine. He is he is my little prince and I am raising him to be a king. And the energy that he brings when he challenges me, I calmly, collectively, mostly, not always, again, 80, 80 to 90% say, Declan, that's one. And he knows. He gets up to three, he goes in a timeout. So, the, the energy, and it's not making that decision from a place of anger or negative emotions or blame or shame or, um, or judgment. It's just saying, this is how I deserve to be treated. You treat me, you do not treat me this. If you treat me otherwise, that's one. If you treat me otherwise again, that's two. If you treat me otherwise a third time, then there are consequences. So what is your that's one? What is, what, what is, and, and do you even need to get to three? Maybe you don't. Like there are certain things that if Declan does that he knows he's trampling on one of uh, my boundaries or one of my husband's boundaries or one of our rules. Like he loves to challenge us on climbing the stairs at our home. And he knows he's fully able and capable to climb up, up the staircase by himself. He is not allowed to do that. It is dangerous. And so I, we, we set the boundary that he can climb up one stair by himself. Now he has challenged us multiple times on this. And so he knows that he is only allowed to climb up one stair by himself. So since this, this standard has been set of the rule, and since he has challenged it enough times to where he's gotten into a couple timeouts because of it, he now no longer has a that's one. He has you, you broke the rule. You stepped over a boundary that was clearly defined. Here is the consequence. And he goes straight to timeout for that. 
but it's not from a place of anger. It's not stooping into the negative emotions of somebody else. It's like, let's say, for example, um, somebody cuts you off in traffic. You are having a fantastic day. You are like, I am the queen of my life. I am driving. I feel like ownership. I'm owning all my feelings. And the universe says, okay, cool. Let's let's explore how much in ownership of your state, of how you experience the world you are, and somebody cuts you off in traffic. Well, do you react? Do you react and go, oh, motherfucker, da 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 Or do you say, oh, he must be having a very rushed day. I wish him all the best. Do you take that sort of, that, that place of ownership of like, well, his attitude is not going to affect me. So often, especially we see it in traffic in LA, we have the attitude of other people of how they drive affecting us emotionally and energetically, especially if you're highly kinesthetic. And so when you're highly kinesthetic, you're experiencing the energy and the feelings of other people. At the same time, a queen can notice the energy of other people. She does not have to suddenly slip to an energy that is beneath her experiencing their energy at the same level. Does that make sense? Let me know if that makes sense. Because, for example, like like the traffic example, you could easily slip into the same energy of rushed, hurried, pissed off, whatever you perceive that energy to be. And that just shows that there's some other work to do inside of yourself versus a queen or a king experiences that person behaving in that way. And continues about their day as if nothing happened. Because why would you even bother with the energy of somebody who's in that state? Why would you let it affect your day? You've got shit to do. You are mother effing important. You have you have things to you have you have purpose to live into. Why would you let that person's energy affect your day? Heck no. This can easily also be experienced in the realm of um, gossip, of suddenly slipping instead of meeting queen to queen, meeting subject to subject and talking about somebody else in a way that you would not speak to them if it was to their face. And that that is something that I had an energy that I had to step into with my mom, who she does like to kind of go into a she does like to get into drama. She she does like drama. I mean, she's been married to an addict for 50 years. So, I mean, that's been her conditioning. And so when something happens in her business or in her life, she likes to kind of, she's not kind of, she likes to share it with everyone. Um, And I had an experience with her. We were having a conversation and she was going to tell me about how her manager of her business Um, of the crew, how her manager did, um, had something tragic that happened in his life. And I just said, I took a step back and I said, can I do anything about this tragedy? She's like, oh, let me tell you about this. And oh, he had something so sad happen. And I said, okay, let me ask you this. Are you asking this to dump and divulge? Are you asking this? are, Are you do? Are you telling me this because you want to get it off your chest? Because otherwise, it's kind of like taking that backpack of stuff and then like dropping it off, 
dropping those challenges off with everybody else. And if they can't do anything about it, I don't believe that it needs to be discussed necessarily unless you want to work together to find a solution. So apparently this person had a tragedy happen and I said, look, unless there's something that I can actively do about this at this moment, and if this is something you would like to collaborate on to do something about, I I don't need to hear it. Because otherwise it's gossip. It's just gossip of, oh, let me tell you about how awful this thing was that happened to something. And it, it goes down to commiserating. And if you think that's unkind or or cruel, like, of course, when I see the person um, to whom had some tragedy, I don't need to know the details. I will, of course, offer my condolences. And if there's anything I can do to help cook him a dinner, no, not my, not my cooking. No one wants my cooking. Like have Spike cook him a dinner or give him some, like, I don't know what, it, I don't know what specifically happened, but if there's nothing that you can do about it, then why participate in the conversation? Participating in the conversation then is only allowing yourself to get wrapped up in the negative energy of the emotions of the sadness of the guilt of the shame or of whatever emotions that are involved in that specific uh, story but you're not actually doing anything to actively solve it and thus it's gossip and so that is another way that many mo- uh, that often I see queens affected by the energy of their subjects in essence and they submit themselves and lower themselves off of their throne into becoming a subject and becoming reactive to everybody else's experience versus owning they're they're taking ownership of their surroundings and what they can do and what they can how they can solve the problems that are at hand and if they can solve it then rock on go for it and if they can't um then not participating in the conversation because gossip goes both ways gossip goes gossip is not only from the person who is speaking the gossip but if you are participating and actively listening in gossip then that is then you are gossiping as well and you are just as guilty of gossip as the next person which is why I won't I don't I had recently had a good friend of mine who was struggling with her boss and she wanted to kind of dump and gossip about all the horrible things her boss was doing and I wouldn't allow it I I would only allow for her to focus on the solutions of what she could do. I said, well, if obviously you're upset with this, like it's your job to protect your energy and protect your joy. So either leave or we're not going to have this conversation anymore Um, and we can move on to something else and talk about something more pleasant. Um, And it's not to say that I want to avoid the problem because it's not avoiding the problem, but complaining is avoiding the problem because you're not actually taking action to solve the problem because you're avoiding the solution. And it's like, I don't avoid the solution. I want to go straight for the solution. But a lot of people want to avoid the solution and just continue talking about the problem. And so that is also a way that queens become affected by the energy of their subjects. So let me know which one of these you liked best. We have come to the conclusion of part two of this list of 32 lessons from 32 uh trips around the sun and I am so excited to learn from you which ones you liked best so drop take a screenshot of this episode post it in your stories tell me which lesson resonated the most with you tell me which one you're totally adopting right now and if you if there is one that you disagree with or you want to have a discussion about let me know I would love to discuss these with you um again 
I learned these lessons the hard way, and I would happily love for you to learn them in a much easier way uh, because you learned them from me. So if I c- if these are of any benefit to you, please let me know. Drop Send my team an, an email at info at crownyourself.com or post it in your stories. And I love interacting with you on the gram. And again, if you feel like you would like to test drive private coaching, then I do have a few spots that are open for September for 90-minute consults. And I did also, since I'm taking on a few more nine-to-fivers who have traditional nine-to-fives, I did also open up my Saturdays um, because as an entrepreneur, I now don't really work on Mondays. I just changed, I just changed my week around so that it starts on Tuesday and it rock, I, we rock it out um, so that I can help the people on Saturdays who need my help the most who are in a traditional nine-to-five and can't take 90 minutes off of work at this moment. So with that being said, As always, my fellow badass empire builders, own your throne, mind your business, because your reign is now. Ciao. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.